From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Welcome once again to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is preaching a series of studies in the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit, a subject which is sadly neglected in our day. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. This morning's text is found in Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 18. Therefore will the Lord wait, that he may be gracious unto you. God often delays in answering prayer. We have several instances of this in sacred scripture. Jacob did not get the blessing from the angel until near the dawn of day. He had to wrestle all night for it. The poor woman of Syrophoenicia was answered not a word for a long while. Paul besought the Lord thrice that the thorn in the flesh might be taken from him, and he received no assurance that it should be taken away, but instead thereof a promise that God's grace should be sufficient for him. If thou hast been knocking at the gate of mercy, and hast received no answer, shall I tell thee why the mighty Maker hath not opened the door and let thee in? Our Father has reasons peculiar to Himself for thus keeping us waiting. Sometimes it is to show His power and His sovereignty that men may know that Jehovah has a right to give or to withhold. More frequently the delay is for our profit. Thou art perhaps kept waiting in order that thy desires may be more fervent. God knows that delay will quicken and increase desire, and that if he keeps thee waiting, thou wilt see thy necessity more clearly, and wilt seek more earnestly, and that thou wilt prize the mercy all the more for its long tarrying. There may also be something wrong in thee which has need to be removed before the joy of the Lord is given. Perhaps thy views of the gospel plan are confused, or thou mayest be placing some little reliance on thyself instead of trusting simply and entirely to the Lord Jesus. Or God makes thee tarry a while, that he may the more fully display the riches of his grace to thee at last. Thy prayers are all filed in heaven, and if not immediately answered, they are certainly not forgotten, when in a little while shall be fulfilled to thy delight and satisfaction. Let not despair make thee silent, but continue instant in earnest supplication." Of 
to assist you in meditating upon the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into the world, Let the Bible Speak is happy to offer a unique publication called The Twelve Days of Christmas. Written by Roger Ellsworth, an experienced minister and writer, The Twelve Days of Christmas is a small paperback book containing 24 devotions, each including a short scripture reading, several paragraphs, and a concluding to-think-about section that draws lines of application from the text to modern-day life. The book is intended to help the hearts and minds of believers to focus upon the wonder of the Incarnation, as well as to encourage unbelievers to come in repentance and faith to Christ. Let the Bible Speak is happy to make this booklet available free of charge to our listening audience. You may have a copy simply by contacting us by phone, email, or regular mail. You may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. Or you may simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. We encourage you to request your free copy of The Twelve Days of Christmas. As Dr. Cairns continues his series of studies in the Bible Doctrine of the Holy Spirit, he brings the next portion of a message dealing with the sanctification of the Spirit. From the text in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, we see that it is the Holy Spirit who accomplishes the work of sanctification, or holiness, in the believer. As Dr. Cairns has shown, holiness is a characteristic of every Christian, without exception. It affects every area of his life, and it goes on all through his life on this earth. He has emphasized that sanctification is a godly work, carried out specifically by the Holy Spirit. Today, we'll see that holiness is a gospel work. The Bible teaches that sanctification is by the blood of Christ, just as salvation is. It is vital to understand that there must be salvation, the new birth in the soul, before there can be any degree of holiness. Now, Dr. Cairns will continue this message, The Sanctification of the Spirit. It's easy to say we haven't sinned. It would be nice to say it if it were true. But sadly, we do sin. Oh, yes, every Christian has new life. But as one man I read said, sadly, very often, 
we seem to be in a very sickly condition. Indeed, there are times in Christians' lives when you would begin to wonder if the life has not died out. Had you looked at the Corinthian Christians in Paul's day, you'd have had to wonder were these people ever saved? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, you are carnal. Man, I want to tell you that that is an awful indictment. And as you look across American Christianity today, and as you look across British Christianity today, and Western European Christianity today, you look at a people who have every advantage. But by and large, they're using those advantages merely for the pleasures of the flesh. And you've got to say you're carnal. The biggest indictment of Western Christianity, when a man like Georgie Vins comes out of Russia, he could say, I would rather be in Russia than in America. Just from a personal standpoint. Not because Russia's a better country. Not because he's not grateful for the hospitality of America and the base it gives uh, to help the Russian Christians. No, no, no. But because in Eastern Europe you've got a people who have nothing but Christ to live for. In America and in Britain you've got a people who name the name of Jesus and they're carnal. They care for little except a show. Oh yes, at times you look at Christians and you wonder, has the life not died out? But if they're saved, whatever the sickness, you can say this sickness is not unto death. I think of the words of Micah, and this is true of every Christian, mind you. Micah chapter 7 and verse 8. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. It's a good text for every believer. The devil would come to crow over the failures and sins of a Christian. Rejoice not, O mine enemy. When I fall, I will arise. That's true of a Christian. The sow can return to her wallowing in the mire. <clears throat> the old hog, oh, it can be at home in the mire. Now let me be honest with you, most people don't realize this. I spent a little time with a pig farmer. Large number, hundreds and hundreds of pigs. I know what it is to muck them out and smell like one of them myself and feed them and all the rest of it. I know the way you, you get a 300 pound pig up a ramp where it doesn't want to go with it. Yeah, I've been there. Most people think, you know, a pig just loves to be filthy. Don't you believe it? Not necessarily. Actually, in certain circumstances, pigs can be some of the cleanest animals a farm can have. Part of that pig farm the pigs were as white as snow when they were very careful to keep themselves that way. But let them out and put them in a messy place and they were just as much at home in the mud pool as they were anywhere else. 
But the sheep of God's pasture, my, they may get the mud and the mire on their coat. But they basically until the shepherd cleans it out. That's the difference. Child of God can never stay there. When I fall, I shall arise. The Apostle Paul cried, Who shall deliver me? A Christian cries as he feels and says, Lord, who shall deliver me? If he depends on his own efforts, he feels and he's filled with frustration. But thank God he doesn't have to depend on his own efforts. I read to you from the book of Micah. The previous verse says, 7 and 7 says, Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. That's the confidence of the believer. When Paul said, Who shall deliver me? He says, I thank God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our sanctification basically, therefore, is a work of God. And it's a work of God that enables you and me to walk and work according to the will of God. Let me show you this very clearly because most Christians don't grasp it. How often do you hear the words of 2 Corinthians 5.17? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Well, what does it mean? Why, obviously we can say a man is a new creation because he's got a, a new life. And uh, the Spirit of God has made him a partaker of the divine nature. Yes, he's a new creature, he's in a new state, he has a new heart, he has a new view in life, he has a new aim in life, he has a new master, he has a new destiny. Yes, he's a new creature in all those ways. But in actual fact, as it works out in the life, what does this mean in terms of living a holy life? You see, I have heard preachers preach this simply to say, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And they paint such a picture and they set such a, uh, what people think to be an impossible standard that they have sea of people wondering, well, if I am not just about absolutely perfect, can I be a new creature at all? What is the meaning here? It's always good to let the Holy Ghost talk for himself. Turn to the book of Galatians. Chapter 6 and verse 15. And watch this one carefully. And if you can double the page back or put your finger in also to have your finger right on chapter 5 and verse 6. Where we're going to read the two verses right together. 6.15 For in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Two texts with one message. 
Paul says in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything. He says there's only one thing that matters. And in one place he calls that thing a new creature. And in the other place he calls it faith working by love. The new creation is at least in one sense faith working by love. Thus a man is called a new creation, or there is to him a new creation. First, when the Holy Ghost regenerates him, implanting faith in his heart. And that faith then, by the nourishing grace and power of the Spirit of God, that faith works. Isn't that what the epistle of James is all about? Faith without works is dead. A faith that doesn't work will not bring you to heaven. But faith in Christ works by love. Now that answers the question, how can I be holy? The Holy Ghost has given me faith in Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost stimulates that faith in Jesus Christ. So that out of love for Christ, by faith I work to do what pleases Him. The love of Christ constraineth us. Faith only works by love. This is a godly work. Leads me straight, therefore, to say it is a gospel work. The work of the Holy Spirit of God is peculiarly to make known to us what we have in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 12. We have received the Spirit, and His work is to show us the things that are freely given to us of God. That would make me say this, that it is the work of Christ for us. That's the basis of the work of the Holy Ghost in us. Paul makes this clear over in Hebrews chapter 9. And in verse 13 and 14. He says, If the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Now this is vital. Remember this. Sanctification is by the blood of Jesus Christ. I could prove that again and again in the Bible. Ephesians 5, 25-27 Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. With what purpose? That he might cleanse and sanctify it. The blood shed for our sanctification. Hebrews 13 and verse 12. Therefore that he might sanctify the people, Christ suffered without the gate. Revelation 12 and verse 11. How did they overcome the devil? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. 
You see, sanctification is by the blood of Christ. Now let me get that down. This is a gospel work. John Owen talked about holiness. And he was making the point that there never was, there certainly is not, and there never can be or will be, in this world what he called the least dram of holiness. But what? flowing from Jesus Christ is communicated by the Spirit according to the truth and promise of the Gospel. There isn't the least dram of holiness apart from the Gospel, apart from what the blood has purchased. Now you think that one through. To be holy you must first perceive it. To put holiness as a prior condition for salvation, as many people do. As, for instance, the whole system of Romanism is doing. And many parts now of so-called Protestantism are doing. In telling people, do this to be saved. In actual fact, what we're doing is to look for fruit where there has been no seed sown. We're looking for life. We're death reigns. We're looking for grapes from thorns and figs from thistles. It's an impossibility. My friend, unless the blood of Christ has been applied to your heart, you cannot be holy. And if you set out to be holy in order to please God and come to God, you'll perish for all eternity. The Lord Jesus said, I haven't come to call the righteous. If Christ had only come to call the righteous, man, we would all have been in hell. Had he only come to call the righteous, he certainly couldn't have called me. He certainly couldn't have called you. Standing beside the immaculate purity of the law of God, we would all be condemned. But he said, I have come to call Sinners to repentance. Bless God, Jesus deals with sinners. There is an amazing statement that Paul made to the Romans when he was dealing with the subject of justification. And he said, God justifies the ungodly. You think of that. He doesn't wait until you're godly. He doesn't wait until you've cleaned up your life. He doesn't wait until you have made an impression on Him. He takes you deep down in your sin under the condemnation of the broken law within a heartbeat of hell and He meets you there, washes you in the blood of the Lamb, saves your soul for all eternity and then He makes you holy. Holiness comes from salvation. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, 
Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 